the other day, some song lyrics came into my mind, and um, it was a song I hadn't thought about in a while, a song I've loved for years because it's kind of cathartic in some ways by one of my favorite songwriters, um, by a guy named Bob Dylan. And this is one of those songs that he wrote where he talks about things that are so bad it becomes amusing. But it hit me in a totally new way when I thought about these words. The song is called, Everything is Broken. And some of the words are broken cutters, broken saws, broken buckles, broken laws, broken bodies, broken bones, broken voices on broken phones. Take a deep breath, feel like you're croaking. Everything is broken. And I confess that that song that normally brings a bit of a smile brought a tear. Because I'm realizing that this is the experience that many of us are having right now. Everything feels broken or like it's breaking or perhaps it's about to break. And I know that there are some people right now who maybe feel that they're being broken. This Easter morning, normally most years on Easter Sunday, we begin with the flowers and the brightness and people dressed in a special way and everything is up, but that's actually not the first note of the original Easter. The original Easter, which we just heard about in the Gospel of John, it begins in brokenness. It begins in darkness. Jesus had been laid in the tomb, and he was laid in the tomb in a hasty way. And so Mary Magdalene goes before anybody else. And the text is very clear, pointing out that when she was going herself to the tomb, it was still dark. The sun had not come up yet. And when she gets to the tomb, she doesn't know what we know. We, in the Christian tradition for years and years, have understood the code that the tomb being empty is good news. But for Mary, she has no idea that that could possibly be something good. Remember that her best case scenario, as she is going to the tomb, her best case scenario is to find a dead body of somebody that she loved who had been broken before her eyes. And she's going to find his dead body to anoint him, and when she finds the tomb to be empty, that is even worse. The only option I'm sure that she could conceive of at that time was that the body had been stolen and was being treated in a disrespectful way. But then, through the course of that morning, it begins to dawn on her and on the other friends of Jesus who also come to the tomb. And the good news begins to break in as the dawn breaks. And the life becomes revealed. And then Jesus himself speaks to Mary. And her eyes are opened when he says her name. Like light breaking. We don't have a lot of information about how the early Christians celebrated Easter, but through archaeological work, we have some clues, and we believe that those early celebrations in the first centuries of Christianity, they took place not in the brightness of the day and the morning of a Sunday, but actually throughout the night. 
People gathered in the darkness and they actually gathered in homes and house churches, which interestingly is what I know people are doing this year. And so people gathered in these homes and they created spaces for worship there. There's one that was unearthed in a place that is now Syria. It was a town called Dura Europos off of the Euphrates River. The town was destroyed in the mid 200s and it preserved everything inside. And you can see the painting, some of the earliest images of Christian themes, including a picture of Jesus where he doesn't even have a beard in that understanding of what he looked like yet. And what they would do is they would worship all night long and people would be baptized. And then the worship would come to the glorious final moments just as the sun was coming up. In the prayer book, we have recovered some of that in the 1979 prayer book that uh, we have the option of doing the Easter service starting on Saturday night, and it's the Easter vigil. And we start in darkness. And at St. John's, we've had a tradition for a few years now of bringing some of the vigil into Easter Sunday, where everything begins in darkness, but then with that first fire that is kindled and that burns brighter and brighter until the church finally wakes up to the light that has dawned. And what happened with those early Christians when they would baptize new members, the baptismal font, it was a rectangular shaped tub. It looked kind of like a small bathtub. And you know, right next to that font on the wall was a picture of the tomb and people going to it. There's a little star on each corner of that, but the stars probably are there to represent the angels. And you know, the tomb and the baptismal font almost look like the same thing. It's bringing the two together, the birth and the death, the womb and the tomb. This is the wisdom of Easter, a true Easter, knowing that Jesus actually doesn't take us around the darkness, but through the heart of the darkest times to the light that's on the other side and the life that is promised to all of us. Grief experts have pointed out that if you are grieving, if you're going through those famous five stages of grief, you can't go around them. You can only go through them. I know that many people right now will be experiencing all those stages. But on the other end of it, there's a new stage that is being talked about just recently and it's the stage where we make meaning. And we will get to that stage. Turns out that the way of Jesus is the way of going down in order to go up. As Richard Rohr said in his beautiful book, Falling Upward, only those who know the meaning of down know the true meaning of up. And nature teaches us this lesson right at this time as well. We see things blossoming. What was once a seed has died to being a seed and is now becoming the plant that it was meant to be, not just made better, but actually totally transformed. Martin Luther wrote that the resurrection is taught not only in books, but in the blossoms of springtime. And so my prayer for you and for all of us this year is that what will be broken will not be our hearts, but our illusions. 
The illusion that this is all that there is. The illusion that there's more sin in us than love in God, as the great William Sloan Coffin put it. Perhaps that is the message of Easter. There is more love in God than sin in us, and that there is hope in resurrection. The resurrection life, the way of Jesus, is not something that negates death, but that conquers death. And there is a difference. It's the difference between being merely broken and being broken open. Amen.